Welcome to Oilfield Talk. My name is Trey Falk, and I'm host of Oilfield Talk podcast. We want to speak with workers from all other aspects of the oil and gas industry and allow them the outlet to tell some crazy, amazing stories you just wouldn't believe are true. Not just the wildcats, the drillers, the roughnecks, the roustabouts, but the land-based offshore drilling operations, service companies, vendors, third-party personnel, production, transportation that provide expertise throughout the oil field. But each of these have many, many hilarious stories to share about their time in the oil patch. I have no doubt that we will be able to share entertaining stories or tell tall tales that anyone who works in the industry will appreciate and get a hearty laugh while listening. But this is also going to be a family podcast. We'll be able to invite our families at home to listen. Although they won't believe half the stories we share, they may have a couple of dozen questions. Maybe it will give them and everyone a greater appreciation of the jobs we have in the oil field and why we enjoy our oil field family for half a year. So please take an hour or so out of your day. Give a listen to the Oil Field Talk podcast. Hope you enjoy the stories as much as I enjoy bringing them to you. This is a very special bonus episode of Oilfield Talk. Although it was part of the Permian Basin hiring event, it needed to be its own separate episode. Mr. Kenny Fontenot was directed by Higher Power to the Permian Basin event in Lafayette to share a very powerful message, which I'm sure you'll agree deserves to be its own episode. He shares a message of love, the oil field, a message of hope for anyone with financial difficulties, and a message of loss, personal loss while offshore. I hope everyone will take this episode to heart, share it with your friends and family for a safer holiday season. I'm Trey with Oilfield Talk Podcast. And I've been in the oil industry 26 years, and this gentleman just walked up. Introduce yourself. He's lucky. He said he just retired. Yeah, I'm Kenny Fontenot. I grew up in a little town called Eunice, Louisiana. I was in the oil field for 26 years. Uh, did a few different things, you know, worked with uh, some big companies, some small companies. I was a mud engineer, fluid engineer, uh, cement and specialist, just a few things. Just retired a year and a half ago from the oil field. Uh, I have a lot of kids, have seven total. But my last two is uh, 10 and eight, and I figured I needed to be at home for them a little more instead of watching them grow up in pictures. So I found something that I've been doing for the last, so since 2015, I've been helping people with their finances. So I went full-time with it. Today, I come out here to, not for any job or anything, just I figured somebody might be going through something. They need some help. They need a positive word. So that's that's what I'm doing here. That's great. I love it. If it's your own business or your business you want to promote, by all means, share it on the podcast. Oh, sweet. I'm with uh, Backroads Wealth Solutions. I'm out of Egan, Louisiana. Uh, I help people navigate through the options that they have from young to old, accumulation to distribution. Uh, you can you don't have to risk your money to grow it is what I want to get out there. OK, you got a website, a phone number. My phone number is three, three, seven, four, six, six, five, zero, five, six. If you want to know more about the company I do business with is 1847financial.com. Perfect. All right. We got that out of the way. So. Tell me an oil field story. Oh, my goodness. So I was on a rig one time and I was roughnecking at that. That's a long time ago. And 
we had we had been stuck for six days. I was working seven and seven. My last night, we got it free. The Black Magic guy got it free, so we had to start tripping pipe. So I'm down there. I'm looking. We like two or three stands out the hole, and. I'm looking down in the well and it's flowing. It's coming over the bell nipple. It's on a land rig. So I go and I look at the shakers and it's rolling over the shakers. I talk to the driller and I was like, hey man, I said, I think the well's coming in. He's like, well, here's a flashlight. We're gonna monitor it. That was my last time working on a land rig for a small company like that. Cause they didn't know what the heck was going on, what to do. The company man was in town playing bingo at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, that was crazy. The rig was shut down for like month and a half trying to get it under control. That's yeah. I've never worked land base and I've heard some horror stories of land base, uh, some true wildcat, you know, crazy things that they do out there. And those are stories that I want to capture. So just to give you a little history, I'm capturing the oil field stories. That's my goal. The the history, the, the, the crazy things that happen, the fun things that happen, the camaraderie, the family feel, the friends we create, friends we make all around the world. I want to capture that and spread it among the oil field. So it's like oil field talking to oil field and your family can listen and find out, hey, that's what I used to do. That's that's what it was like. You know, we share across I share across all spectrums of the oil field. I don't care. It's my podcast. Yeah, man. Hey, I'm, I'm with you on that. I like to do what I like to do because I love to do it, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm glad you asked me to talk because. And I've seen some stuff in the 26 years I was in the oil field. Look, I just put fresh batteries in, so feel free to talk as long as you want. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing I miss the most about it is, like you said, the, the people we met, uh, the camaraderie, and just working on a drill ship. You see people from all over the world working on these drill ships. I would say my my favorite time of the year was the Christmas season. Because you work on a ship that was, say, out of Norway, you had Filipinos in there, you had Dutch, you had anywhere probably 11 to 12 nationalities. And it was a nice rig I worked on was the Viking, uh, the Viking. And they did a Christmas for each one. Like they served their traditional meals for Christmas, the day before Christmas, the day after. So we had like a three or four day just feast trying to make these guys feel at home whenever they weren't at home, you know? Oh, wow. I've worked all around the world and I've never seen separate ones. Now I have seen multiple dishes from different cultures in one spread, if you will, but I've never seen a company that will spread the days out and be able to capture it. That is fantastic. I love that story. Yeah. I worked on that rig for two and a half years and that was probably my, my best rig because everybody was just, everybody got along. Everybody, we, we'd share stories and our, and our, our hardships, you know, we had any given day you had somebody going through something back home that they were dealing with out there. You ran across some characters in offer. You got priests in all field. You got doctors and lawyers and tax people. At least they say they they uh, they do that, you know, but they talk to you like they, <laughs> they know what they're talking about. We wouldn't know any different, but I, I'm the same way. I've, I've ran into people. I met a guy fresh out of the Marine Corps. And you could tell he was high and tight, right? Right. Hired on as a roustabout. And he's walking around and doesn't know one end of a sling to the other. 
doesn't have a clue. He's fumbling all over himself. Can't figure anything out. We're all thinking, you know, what's wrong with this guy? He's an older guy. He's like 26, 27 years old. He'd been experienced. He's in the Marine Corps. I said, what'd you do in the Marine Corps? He said, I flew jets. <laughs> Dang. He was just getting with some work. And then he wanted those days off so he could go fly and get his commercial license. So it was just getting enough money to go in and buy some hours on an airplane. And then it wasn't probably a year. And he was flying for uh, FedEx or somebody, you know, on the Memphis to Jackson run every night until he could get his commercial license and fly to big airplanes. Oh, that's crazy. Now, you that's one thing I wish I would have listened a lot earlier is if you have a set schedule, 14, 14, whatever, on your days off, don't just take your days off. Get you something to fall back on. Because, I mean, in 26 years, I've seen some downturns and I've seen the good times and bad times. And the people that had something going on on their days off, selling insurance, cutting grass, whenever they got let go or their number called, they got called, they can go and do that full time. And it gives you options, you know. So I wish I would have listened to that a lot earlier than I did instead of just starting in 2015. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it since 2096, you know. That's some of the best advice I've heard for people in the industry. And I guess that could go for any industry, especially ours with that wonderful half a year off. You're right. A lot of people, they spend that half a year spending money, buying toys, playing. I get it. But creating another revenue stream or getting experience or training in another field that you could parlay to another job is excellent advice. Thank you for that. Oh, no problem, man. Another thing I like to, I like to talk to young people. You know, I wish somebody would have talked to me when I was just starting an oil field and just telling them that there's options out there that not everybody has. And you're going to see a lot of things come and go. Your dollars are going to flow through your hands like like butter, like hot water, you know, just, and there's a way to capture those dollars. So they grow for you before you spend them and they'll grow for the rest of your life, even if you spend it. And that's what I've been doing the last year and a half is teaching people how to do that. That's great advice, especially for the young, but anybody. I mean, I agree with you. I've been in 26. I've seen the ups and downs. I watched tool pushers making tax-free money in Brazil, bringing in I don't know, close to 200 K a year, lose their job. And next thing you know, they're working as an AB on a ship, making 30,000 a year, maybe having to sell every toy, having to, you know, take their kids out of private school. And it's downturn is bad days for a lot of people. I guess on the good days, we need to be managing our money and, and not just for retirement sake. I mean, yes, we need to build that a good nest egg where you can protect yourself and your family for a couple of months while you're looking for a job. So many people live paycheck to paycheck and that they miss one paycheck and they're in a bind. And that's a terrible situation to be in. It's scary. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I blame it on the, the society just changing, you know, I mean, you can probably relate to it coming up. You saw people with these boats and trucks and stuff. And I was 19, 20 years old. I want that. Well, this cat got 20 years on me. He done saved up. He got a big savings and driving that truck. Now, if I drive a truck like that, I ain't got no savings. You know, we I call it a microwave society. You know, we that's what we in. My, I see it with my kids. I have seven of them all the way from 27 to eight years old. I have to be able to relate to every one of them in a different way because, I mean, different personalities. You can't just approach everybody with one mentality. 
and working in all field, I learned that, you know, the way I talk to you and the way I talk to this gentleman here, if we working together, you have to have be diversified in the way you deliver your message. And multicultural as well. Yeah. Uh, we got an alarm going off in the parking lot. Just move the mic a little closer to her. Ah, thank you. Somebody clicked it. All right. So were you in the middle of something? Do you have a thought to finish? Yeah, I was done. I was done with that. All right. Oh, I know where I was going. When you work around the world and you've got a team that's built by two or three or four different countries, different ways of doing things, different ways to communicate. It's extremely challenging, but you learn how to communicate with all those people and that helped everybody's life. Oh, yeah. I have a little story to say, too, about communication, because right. I was always big on it. I went to Pennsylvania for whenever the moratorium, you know, we all a lot of people went up there. A guy, a local, he was working in our shop and he says he killed a deer. I was like, man, I'd like to cook that up for you, you know, show you how we cook it down south. He's like, all right, I'll bring some. I said, well, just put it in the icebox. A couple of days later, I come back. I was on a job. I looked in the icebox and no deer meat. So I went and talked to him. I said, man, where's that deer meat? He's like, oh, it's an icebox. I said, no, it's not an icebox. Well, he put it in an ice chest with no ice. Oh. So we didn't have no deer. <laughs> so just different communication. You know, he called it something else than I did. And again, that's perfect example of communication or as they used to say, a failure to communicate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But I like, uh, I, I missed all field. I like what I do. I love what I do, but I miss the people. I miss sometimes being away from home because I'm home every night now, you know? A lot of people love that. A lot of people work their whole life to try to get that. But it's it's a being gone for 26 years, you, you get used to that, you know? Your wife gets used to being by herself, doing things by herself, so... That is a common thing. I'm trying to capture the older stories as fast as I can before we lose those stories. A common theme with everybody that's retired is exactly what you just said. It's difficult personally to lose that connection, that bond that you have with those friends. Okay, we can call each other on phones and we got Facebook and we got ways to communicate. It's not the same. And the families have to adjust. Matter of fact, Mr. Irwin Guidry, I just interviewed a minute ago, he said exactly the same thing. You know, he had adjustments. His wife had to have adjustments. And it just takes a little time for everybody to get into a, a new sync, a new rhythm. At the end of the day, we like to be home, but I like to travel, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we love to travel. And any time, like I was on a nor I would say, yeah, I'll go or yeah, I'll take a trip, you know, send me out there for 30, 40 days, go to Scotland, go to South America. I love to travel. And that was a big part of, I looked forward to that sometimes. That's what got me started was the opportunity to travel at 25 years old. Somebody said, you want to go to Russia? And I was like, no connections. I had no, you know, kids. I had, I wasn't married, single. I'm gone. I mean, you're going to pay me to see the world. That's exactly what they've done. And, and I've appreciated it. I love to travel overseas. I love to travel anywhere, anywhere. And now with the podcast, I'm traveling the U.S. I'm getting to go and see places that I haven't been before. And, and I go meet people at their house or in their towns and sit down and do just exactly what we're doing. Dude, that's awesome. I always wanted to, to have a platform where I can just get a message out there. Uh, walking around here today, people thought I was I worked here because I had my little iPad and I was just walking around looking just 
for an opportunity to share my story or you found it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, answer prayer. And they would come up to me and, and ask me stuff. I was like, man, I, I don't work here, but I know a lot of people and I would get their contact information. Like, hey, if I talk to somebody, I, I'll let you know. My, my thing was, I was like, well, what you doing here if you're not going in there? I'm like, well, I'm just here to offer some positive words, you know? <laughs> you might be going through what I went through a couple years back and maybe I can help you through it. So we help each other in this industry, especially it's as big as it is. It's a tight knit family. Oh, big time. You'll meet somebody like in my case, I met somebody in 1996. We were, we stayed together for 28 days on a platform and here it is 20 something years later and we still talking. I don't see him. <laughs> I saw him that one time, but we communicate on Facebook or whatever. And I would consider him a friend. Friend for life. Yeah. I got a text this morning, a message this morning from a friend of mine that he's a Brazilian. We worked together in Brazil for five years. Again, we're still friends. And he just reached out. Hey, how's everything going? You know, how are the kids? And it doesn't mean you don't have to work with somebody, the same person for 26 years. You can create that bond in one hitch and it's friends around the world that we just continue to, to pass along, keep up with and cheer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like, I like to see those, those guys that I entered the all field with. I like to see where they are now, you know, 20 something years later. And I was like, man, what if I would have stuck it out in that position? I wonder if I would be where he is, you know, just the, the wonder of, I don't know. Yeah, I started in the same position and, and I'm still doing the same. I had some opportunities to move up, but they wanted me to to move, you know, to Houston, which I really didn't want to do, especially with young kids. I don't regret it at all, but I agree with you. I have one guy that I know, good friend. Matter of fact, we talked last week from Egypt. When I met him, he was a translator on a jackup. Today, he's a rig manager for an oil company. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a move right there. He's a smart guy. You know, he he continued to learn and a super, super guy. I mean, he's a great person. Yeah, those stories I, I love, you know. Matter of fact, the one that messaged today and I talked to another Brazilian probably a week or so ago. These guys worked for me in the safety department. They were safety technicians in Brazil, which I'm the safety representative but they were just my my assistant, my help, and breaking out brand new into the oil field. So they didn't know anything. And this is a story about this one person anyway. He comes up to me and he says, uh, problem, problem. He couldn't speak English very well. You know, we find ways to communicate. And uh, he comes up, problem, problem. And I said, no problems, only solutions. So don't bring me a problem. Bring me a solution to what the issue is. And to this day, he's like, no problems, only solutions. Oh, yeah. And that's, that was one of the, the reasons I named my business Backroads Wealth Solutions, because uh, you have to find a problem to help people. And if I'm helping you, you don't mind it. You know, if I'm trying to put the solution is the answer to the issue. I say issue rather than problem. You can look at it either way. At the end of the day, we have to find that solution. My thing from a training standpoint was come to me with a solution and then I'll evaluate it and we'll fine tune it. We'll adjust it 
or I'll explain why there's a better or different way. And it's a way to teach. You see what I mean? That's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I have to say I'm I'm a, a teacher at heart. I took on a role in our church. For, we teach the, the little small kids, you know, uh, age third grade to fifth grade. That's our, our calling, I think. But then I just got certified to be a pitching coach through national pitching and I'm be working with the youth and the older guys in our rec department. So I'm all about the teaching side. I hear you on that. That's the way we can spread some of our experience and hopefully sow those seeds into the next generation so that they have experience earlier and can gain those advantages earlier in life. That's the way we help the youth is not necessarily to just put them out there and say, fend for yourself. You have to guide them and they need a guiding hand for not just a month or a week or a year. They need that guiding hand throughout and they need to be confident and comfortable enough to come to you with your issues. And what do you think? Uh, with my kids and with everybody I try to give advice to, I want them to analyze the issue. I teach that way. Don't just come to me and say, what do I need to do? Well, what do you think you need to do? Yeah, it works. It can work for all ages if they get that early. Now, some adults who are not raised that way think you're trying to get into their business and, and we're not. We're just offering advice. You know, those people don't want to hear it and that's okay. Yeah, you, you're completely right. You can't say the wrong thing to the right person. There's some people just don't don't want to change. There's some, what they call old dogs, old souls, you know, <laughs> been doing the same thing for the last 20 years. Those are the guys, that, like I was one of those guys. You know, I did what I wanted to do the way I wanted to do it for so long until somebody sat me down and, and said, look, this isn't going the way you wanted it to go, right? I was like, no. So maybe learn this. Yeah. It's, it may be you and not them. Yeah, it's true. 100. I have a story I want to, before we end, uh, it's kind of a tragic story about offshore. Uh, I had a son, 14 years old. I was offshore in 2013. Uh, he took his life and I was stuck offshore for 12 more hours after that. All because I didn't lock up my gun to defend my house. I had it in my drawer my, my, by my bed. Every other gun was locked up. And he got a hold of that gun when he was going through some bad stuff in his life. Just teenage stuff, you know, that would be over in a week. He, he felt like he needed to take his life and end it. But I feel partial my fault for leaving that gun out, you know, because I was trying to defend my family when I was actually not defending my family. I put it at risk. Um, so my word to anybody, anytime I have a chance to is say there's things out there you can if you want to defend your house, put your gun in a safe on the side of your bed. Uh, that extra second, if it's your, if it's your number that's getting called that night, it, that extra second won't matter. Um, and it took me a while to to get over that stuck offshore for 12 hours, my wife home having to deal with this. But the guys out there were very confident. Uh, they felt for me. But uh, yeah, we got through it and it took a little while for me to go out there and not think about getting that call again. 
And that's what drove me from going, oh, this is the way I did it. I, I'm not doing no other way. That's what drove me to dig deeper and learn something else to potentially get out the off field and do something else. I appreciate you sharing that. It's very good advice and it's a very difficult thing that you just shared and I appreciate that. No problem. I appreciate you having me on here, man. If you ready to go, brother, by all means, I'm sitting here. I'm just going to wait for the next person to walk up that wants to chat. I appreciate your time. Look, you gave me 25 minutes. Oh, hey, yeah. man, that's awesome. Is it live or are you going to edit stuff? Or? So, yeah, I'm going to edit. I, I can't say when this particular episode is going to drop. I've got probably close to 10 episodes that I've recorded this week. Different people, right? So I've actually got a lot of content right now. Some of these short ones I'm putting out as like bonus episodes and stuff like that. So I'm going to give you my information. Make sure that you follow the podcast. Help share and spread the word to your friends you know, in the oil field to help build up our listenership. That's what I'm here for is trying to gain content and people interested in sharing or listening. Yeah, I wasn't sure how long you was wanting to do it. That's why I wanted to get that story in there because my first time sharing that story was about a year and a half after it happened. And uh, I was in a DWAP for with like 400 guys and I didn't want to do it but God put it on me like hey if I can save one person to going through what we went through it's worth it you know my discomfort was worth that so well I do I do these interviews anywhere from five minutes to as long as you'll talk typically I do hour-long episodes but it's my podcast I can do whatever I want and however I want it to go or you're welcome to sit right here and we can keep talking it doesn't matter to me. It's a beautiful day to be sitting outside in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, the sun's up and it's crystal clear. It's probably what, 60 degrees maybe. It's it's comfortable. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and whenever I told my wife I was coming here, she's like, why are you going over there? I was like, well, I just, I, I just heard about it day before yesterday. So it was like a spur of the moment thing. I was coming over here just to offer my options to the HR people in there if they had any. But when I saw how many people were here, I was like, I'm just going to walk around and just talk to people. I couldn't, for some reason today, I could not lead with my work. I was led by, hey, I don't know what you're going through, but if, even if you don't get hired in there, that there's a reason for it. God has you. He's walking through the trenches with you. He's going to get you through this. I said, I'm just offering positive words. I think that's why I'm supposed to be here today, not to promote my financial business or whatever. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. I'm going to let you spread your word and your support. And I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Swing back by later if you want to talk about something else. If you think of another story, come on by. You know, I mean, that's what happens a lot of times. I get calls back. Oh, I forgot to tell this. Oh, oh, I I just remembered that. I said, I'll come back by and pick up as many conversations as I can. Thanks again. Uh, No problem. Thank you, man. Nomad Mobile Productions is a broadcasting and media production company that produces podcasts and provides a mobile podcast studio complete with audio and video recording equipment. We also offer post-production processing, editing, marketing, and publication for podcasts. Our mobile production studio will come to you. Visit our webpage, nomadmobileproductions.com, or our Facebook, 